Well, good morning. So, when Pete asked me if I would like to preach in January, he asked me if I had a favourite psalm. And to be honest, I've got many favourite Bible passages, but I don't think I could honestly say at that particular point in time that I had a favourite psalm. So I gave my best Christian answer, and I said to him I'd pray about it. Now, I don't know about many, <clears throat> excuse me, many of you, but I'm one who actually underlines in my Bible, and even some of my devotion books. I actually find it helps me to recognise where the, God's personal nature for me. And it's also useful for looking back to see how far I've come in my Christian walk. And also, um, I can see answers to prayer in there as well. So, as I went through, sat down with my Bible and started going through the Psalms, I noticed that Psalm 118 had the most underlines in it. And then the next day, when I read um, from Jesus Calling, the Psalm 118 verse 1 was referenced. So I thought it was worth exploring and maybe even sharing with you here today. So let's just pray. Father, speak to us through your word. We thank you that when we are still, Lord, we can hear your voice. We can sense you with us. Lord, I just pray that as we still ourselves this morning, Lord, that your words, what you've been revealing to me, would just enlighten others, that it may encourage them, and that they would hear your words, not mine. And so go before everyone here this morning and just open hearts in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, who still makes New Year's resolutions? No? I see heads nodding no. Let's try. I wasn't sure whether I was going to do this or not, but when I looked, I think we've probably got more online than what we've got here in person today. So, let's have a try. Let's see if someone will answer me or even send me a text. It won't go off. I've turned it on silent. So, if there's anyone online, I'll just give a couple of minutes in the chat. Um, so... Anyone still make New Year's resolutions? I was actually asked um, on New Year's Eve. One of my sister-in-laws went round the, the few of us that were there and asked who had New Year's resolutions, and not many of us did. Um, and no one's coming forward to be game enough to say, so let's just can that. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I have chosen not to make, and maybe it's the same reason you guys have too, because um, usually within the first week of the new year, you've broken them. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> okay. So the last few years, rather than making New Year's resolutions um, that I found difficult to keep, I've spent five days really seeking God and a word for the year. Now, I've found this has encouraged me throughout the year, and it's helped me to seek and look more for God in the everyday. 
Now, before you start thinking how super spiritual I am, let me just confess and put your mind at rest with that. I still struggle with that. But what I find is just having one word helps draw me back when I stray and struggle. I've slowly learnt that I'm a simple girl and I need to keep things simple. So 2020, my word was trust, which terrified me and excited me all at the same time. And boy, was I tested. But I was also comforted when I trusted God with the challenges that I had in 2020. And we all had challenges in 2020, didn't we? 2021, my word was come. And when things were continuing to look bleak, I had to remember to keep coming back to Jesus. We're forgetful people, aren't we? We all need reminders. And I hate to admit it, even more as we get older. Tom reminded us last week that we need to be determined to rejoice. You may have noticed when Marilyn read Psalm 118 that the psalm is bookended, either end with the same words. A reminder to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Rejoicing and giving thanks tie in together, but it's not always easy, especially in the struggles of life and a worldwide pandemic. So in a nutshell, the theme of Psalm 118 is being thankful to God and, and reliance on God rather than on human strength, which is probably why I have so many parts of that psalm underlined. I find myself often being in awe of how God reveals himself to me when I'm seeking him, especially in my struggles. As I mentioned earlier, Tom encouraged us to be determined and to rejoice intentionally, even in our difficulties, and to consider that joy is not everything. Our goal should be God himself. So I'd already started pondering on our thankfulness to God and his enduring love. So I thought it would be good to start just looking at the first four verses. I wasn't sure as I started preparing this, I wasn't sure how far I was going to go, so I thought it was really important for the whole psalm to be read at the start. And, um, yeah, I, as you'll see, I didn't really get very far. But hopefully, when taking that into all into consideration, it will help you uh, understand where I'm coming from. And it might help you throughout the week, even if you go back and read over it. So the first four verses. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. In the margin of my Bible, I've written... Let KSBC say his love endures forever. And you can insert your name there to make it personal. Those of you that have heard me speak before would know that I like to look up the meaning of words in the dictionary as well as I'm studying and going through. And, and the word that I wanted to explore more here was 
from this verse was endure. God's love enduring forever. You know, we can sometimes skim over these well-known phrases, well-known verses, passages. Um, sometimes like how we can skim through and quickly say our, our prayers at mealtimes occasionally. But I want to take the time today to really think more about God's enduring love. So the Oxford Dictionary uh, says, endure, to continue in the same state. And then also it says, to experience and deal with something that is painful or unpleasant. A couple of things I've been pondering on recently is to um, consider Jesus' presence in the Old Testament. So not just the prophecies of Jesus, but really seeing Jesus personally in the Old Testament. And then also uh, think about Jesus reading the Old Testament and seeing himself in it. Now, I love it when we see the psalmist sharing his struggles uh, just after he's given thanks to God and praising him for his enduring love. In verses 5 to 7, we read... In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and he answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. In my study Bible, in the notes down the bottom, it suggests that Psalm 118 may have been the hymn sung by Jesus and his disciples at the conclusion of the Last Supper, which is referenced in Matthew 26.30. So it was just before Jesus was arrested. So let's look at these verses again with Jesus in mind, reading this before he was arrested. So think about Jesus reading this. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and he answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. Jesus knew his fate, but he also knew God loved him. Jesus knew this because he is God. Now, confession time. Before I became a Christian, and even in my early days as a Christian, I really struggled with the fact that if God was a loving God, how could he allow his son to die on the cross? And I think this even became more... um, more of a struggle when I had my own children because, you know, those that are parents, we all know how much we love our own children. And I remember Clyde um, sharing something a few years ago, um, yeah, about sacrifice and, and, and that and once she'd become a mum. So, yeah, how could God allow his son to die on a cross? But as I discovered that Jesus is God, it helped me to understand that. We all know that we'd do anything for our children, don't we? We'd put ourselves in that place, which is exactly what God did. John 1, 1 to 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, 
And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And then John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So this is clearly talking about Jesus. And I, I love how when, um, when I'm going through things, and if I'm looking intently enough, in, intentionally enough, I can see God working and, and revealing and confirming things to me. And, and he did it again just last night. I decided that rather go, than going over all of this again and, and trying to add more and take more out and, and whatever, it was good enough to move on. And so I actually sat and watched the first episode of season two of The Chosen. I don't know if any of you have got on, I've spoken about it before. Um, but yeah, I've, I've watched all season one, but I hadn't started on season two. It's been out for a while now, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'll, I'll start. So I sat there and watched um, that first episode, and there were bits in it where Mary was talking, both Mary's, um, Mary, Mary, mother of Jesus, talking to John as he's writing. And it just really gives a visual. I'm, I'm a very visual person. So seeing this played out and thinking, it just puts a whole... It's sort of like 3D, I guess. <laughs> you know, when you see something in 3D or... I guess um, it's like it, comparing... Connecting with someone via Zoom rather than connecting in person. And... Yeah, not exactly like that because we weren't there. But, you know, from reading this and, and having Jesus in mind to then seeing and hearing these verses that I'd already put here um, was just a real confirmation for me. And it, it was thinking about how John was going to write this, what he, how he wanted to in, encapsulate it. And also it talked about it, or it showed where Jesus was invited to go into the temple and read from uh, the letters of Moses and the first five books and, and where he started, what he was going to read and, and he couldn't decide. And so then he came and I can't remember who it was now that came in and, and with him, it might have been John again, and said, oh, I always love the beginning and which is what I'd put down next, where we clearly see the Trinity at work and try to help un understand God in his fullness and, and the whole Trinity. So it goes back to Genesis 1, verse um, 1 to 3. In the beginning, God, so Godhead, created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, so the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the waters. And God said, so it's his spoken word, Jesus, let there be light. Jesus is also referred to as light, the light of the world. And there was light. You know, the desire of God has always been to be with his people. So as I look at 
this psalm and consider Jesus reading it and think of his enduring love so that continuing in the same state from back in Genesis, creation, I recognise him in that and then always going before his people and always going before me. Then as we consider that other aspect of enduring, to experience and deal with something that is painful or unpleasant. God has endured sinful people since Adam and Eve, which grieved him enough to wipe out all but one family, Noah's family. He also promised never to destroy the earth with a flood again and gave us a reminder that that pro- of that promise every time we look up and we see a rainbow. But we see in God's love and grace himself willing to endure, leaving the perfection of heaven to come down and deal with sin, the sin of the world. He was prepared to take the punishment for the world's sin upon himself. A love so great that God was willing to humble himself and come to earth as a baby, to struggle in this messy world and become our salvation to all who will come and put their trust in him. He was willing to endure the cross for me and for you so we could be set free and have his spirit indwelling in us to help us through our struggles here in this messy middle that we call life. When I read that verse again for myself in my anguish and difficult situation and then think and ponder on Jesus reading this verse as he knows he's about to be arrested and then go to the cross, it helps me to remember that Jesus really does understand my struggles and that it's okay to question God. Matthew 26, verses 36 to 46, we see Jesus pleading with God three times for the cup of wrath to be taken from him. Verse 39, he says, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus struggled in his humanness, but he was willing to endure the painful and unpleasant so we could be restored and saved from the punishment of eternal separation from God. Often in our fallen, sinful human nature, our first response is, woe is me. But when we consider what God was prepared to do for us, what he was prepared to endure, to come to earth as a baby, live a life with all human emotions that we have, but not sin, and then willingly take the punishment for our sins so that we no longer need the legalism of continually offering sacrifices, but to be the once and for all sacrifice that we need. All we need to do is to repair our broken relationship with God. We just need to accept his sacrifice on the cross for us. I need to remember to give thanks to the Lord 
for he is good and his love endures forever. At the end of 2020, I think we all hoped and prayed for a better 2021. But 2021 still brought challenges and we don't know exactly what we may endure this year. Not long before Jesus is arrested in John 16, 27, Jesus tells his disciples, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Then in verse 31 to 33, Jesus answers his disciples after they've had some dialogue backwards and forwards. Um, He says, you believe at last, but a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This week, Roma Waterman shared a text that she wrote to a friend in response to the question, will 2020 be a better, will 2022 be a better year? Will the pandemic be over? And can we get back to normal? She sent a text back to this friend and and shared it online and was willing to have it shared with others. And so what what she said was, I'm hearing, what I'm hearing a lot from people is that they are afraid, afraid to hope for a better year. And this is what I sense in my spirit. This is Roma. Uh, So I'm sharing this text as I shared with my friend when she asked. I think God is using all of this to change us. He wants us to have peace because we are in him. So he will use these things to shake us so that we will only lean into him. Then it won't matter what's going on around us. We will have so much peace and joy because we are close to his heart. We won't be moved by what's going on. And then that is going to change everything. That is what I truly sense. He didn't cause all of this, but he will use it because all things work together for good of those who love the Lord. Romans 8.28 We will become less concerned with what's going on around us because we will be so changed and so wrapped up in our love for the Lord and instead of things happening to us, we are going to happen to things. I know this is a simple truth, but a powerful one. So be encouraged today. You can hope for a better year. Don't hope less, hope more. Let hope overflow until it is running out of you because we truly can trust the Lord with all of our days. In the context of the disciples looking to move forward after Jesus' death and resurrection, I wonder where they were, they were probably thinking it was all hopeless. But it wasn't. Jesus is our hope. So maybe you might consider asking the Lord for a word for the year. 
If you're not sure about who, how to do that and you need some help, I can recommend Roma Waterman's five-day prophetic plan or challenge um, that you can access through Facebook or her YouTube channel. It actually starts tomorrow. And I know for me, when I first looked at it and I saw the word prophetic there, I, I sort of went, oh, I freaked out a little bit. Um, but in understanding that it's really just stopping and tuning into, God, and into what God wants to reveal to you and really listening to God, it puts a whole different perspective on it. So when you have your word, give thanks to God for it and ponder on it throughout the year. Keep seeking him in all you do. Remember, the desire of God has always been to be with and connect with his people. Maybe something like a five-day challenge is a bit intense for you. Maybe you just need to connect with some like-minded people to encourage you in your Christian walk. Maybe you need Jesus with skin on. If you want to improve relationships or even start a relationship or a friendship with someone, you need to spend time with them. An hour on a Sunday is just not going to do it. And I know these last two years have made it really difficult to form deeper connections with people. And I particularly think of those that have, have come. We have had many new people come in and join in the Kilsyth South Baptist community, even in these last two years. But it's not impossible. We have phones. We have Zoom. And for many years, people would write letters to one another. Fancy that. <laughs> but 2020, we saw that even happening across generations. When um, I continue to visit Adele Baker, she still has this picture up in her room that a young girl from church did for her back when the pandemic started. You know, if you're not part of a connect group, why not ask someone from church just to catch up? Even maybe through, if you're online, through the chat. Might be fortnightly, might be once a month. And I know there's people out there that have really wanted to get into connector groups and it's just not worked for them because we've struggled to, to find a day, a time um, to connect with them. But connecting is not necessarily about getting the pastors or the connect group people to, to find somewhere for you. It's about connecting with one another. It's about relationships, isn't it? So, yeah, why not just look for friends to be able to catch up with and encourage one another, even pray for one another? Ultimately, though, in the midst of all of this, I want to encourage you to deepen your relationship with the Lord. Knowing his resurrection power, his spirit at work in us gives us the confidence and ability to reflect his goodness to others even when the enemy may try and convince you otherwise and try and prevent you from doing what the Lord calls you to do or for who he created you to be in him. I think I mentioned earlier when I started preparing this message, I just really wasn't sure what verses to look at and that's why I felt it was important to have the whole psalm read. And there's so much in that psalm 
So much in God's word altogether, isn't there, really? But so much in this one psalm that I could be here for a very long time trying to beat Tom's record of the longest sermon. But I'm not going to do that. Not today. Um, But I think I'm going to keep coming back and pondering on that, on the different aspects of this psalm. But for now, let's just go back to those key points of what I've shared this morning and think about how we can apply them to our lives. Remember how this psalm starts and finishes? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Are you thanking and praising God for his goodness and his enduring love? Remember, Jesus is God. Do you believe that with all of your heart, that God is good? And have you personally accepted his enduring love for yourself? Has he become your salvation? Remember, the desire of God has always been to be with his people. Are you trusting and hoping in the Lord for 2022? We heard that Jesus overcomes. He overcame sin and death and had the victory. And connect with the Lord and his people. Encourage one another. Consider how you can practically reveal the Lord's enduring love to others this week, this month, and this year. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for coming as a helpless babe, for living a human, sinless life, for your willingness to die on the cross and take the punishment for all of our sins. We thank you that you have the victory over sin and death and all we need to do is to put our trust in you. We thank you that your love endures forever. Your love endures forever. Amen.